Scared money don't make money. The Florida Gators have announced that Billy Napier will be the next head coach of the Florida Gators football program. Today, we'll talk about how that hire impacts the Gators. We'll review the Florida State game, and we'll talk about the most popular defensive coordinator candidates under Billy Napier, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Happy Monday, a very happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeOnSports.com where you can find all my written work. And it is a truly glorious Monday as the Florida Gators have announced Billy Napier as their next head coach of the football team. Of course, they've announced it, but there has been no press conference today, no official introduction, because Billy Napier is still going to coach the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns in the Sun Belt Championship on December 4th. At that point, he will leave the Louisiana program and he will join the Florida Gators in Gainesville on December 5th. And I can't wait. I genuinely am so excited about this hire. Of course, Billy Napier was at Louisiana, or technically is at Louisiana, but for, for now, for the rest of the week, I guess. Uh, he's had a record of 39-12 in 12 over four years. No new staff has been named, but there has been rumors flying around of Doug Belk, who is currently the uh, University of Houston, the Cougars defensive coordinator, and Jim Knowles, who is the Oklahoma State University defensive coordinator. But one name that I won't rule out because, I mean, they've got history, they've they've been working out well, and he's been working out, Ron Roberts, the Baylor defensive coordinator. We'll take a look at all of them later on in today's show. But right now we're talking about Billy Napier because Billy Napier is someone that we are so happy he's around. I know that I've mentioned he was in my top three of people that I'd want the Gators to hire with Matt Campbell and Jim Leonard. Uh, of course, Campbell and Leonard were never real options for Florida. I mean, we heard that Matt Campbell was the number two if Billy Napier didn't work out, but that Billy Napier has always been the number one name connected with this Florida Gators head coaching job, and Florida got their guy. It was always Billy Napier. Never forget that. And now, I mean, I'm excited for it because Billy Napier is, he's an offensive minded head coach, but he's not um, the offensive guru like Dan Mullen or Lincoln Riley, who, by the way, bye-bye, don't take, I mean, if you can't stand the heat, get the, at the kitchen. I, I didn't say it. I'm just saying, but, and that's what he did. He went to USC because he couldn't take the heat of playing the SEC and bye-bye little boy. Bye-bye Lincoln. Hate you. Um, I haven't on, I have just unfathomable hate there. Um, but Billy Napier is someone I'm really excited for because he is going to put such a massive emphasis on recruiting. And I, I don't think Florida does a bad job at recruiting necessarily. I think that Florida, or at least in the past, you know, with Dan Mullen, um, I don't think it's that 
necessarily Florida was bad at recruiting. Like 31 isn't a bad recruiting spot. It's just a bad recruiting spot for Florida. I think that's the big thing. That It's not a matter of having bad recruiting classes. It's a matter of having bad recruiting classes given the expectations that your university has. And I think Billy Napier will exceed those expectations wildly. Billy Napier, when he got to Louisiana, it was worked into his contract that, hey, uh, more money needs to be put into the budget for him to add extra assistance and add people that can focus more on recruiting and building and developing this program. Since then, they are now possibly going to be a two-time Sun Belt champion. And I would imagine that Billy Napier is going to put a ton of emphasis on recruiting in Gainesville, which is fantastic because, like I said, they haven't done a bad job at Florida. I'm sorry, they've done a bad job given the expectations. But the recruiting classes have been pretty good. Imagine the recruiting classes that are pretty good getting better because now you have someone who actually gives a damn about recruiting, and that is exciting. I would imagine that Billy Napier does put an insane amount of, of emphasis on recruiting. And, you know, we'll even talk a little bit more about that later on when we talk about the other coordinators. Of course, there's been literally no information about any position coaches or coordinators at the time of recording this. Uh, there's been no information aside from that. Billy Napier will be the head coach of the rumored defensive coordinators or the people, not even, I don't want to say rumors, people that we know he's been talking to, to potentially be the defensive coordinators at the University of Florida. And I got to say, I like all three names, uh, but I am just beyond ecstatic that one, Florida beat Florida State without a head coach. And two, then Florida went out and brought a killer head coach hire, whether he works out or not. We'll see, but I will say that I am incredibly excited for this hire. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see Billy Napier work out because I genuinely do think he will. And also with LSU missing out on Lincoln Riley, that's a little rough for them that they even lost the home state guy. Ooh, sorry, LSU, but looks like you got some dark days ahead of you in Martin Rouge. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know you will too. Prize picks offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. And as I've said so many times, it's already incredibly difficult to find them. I can usually only find them places for sim like just Ohio State and Alabama, just those top tier universities not even the rest of the Power 25. So yikes for you. But you can even take mixed sport entries. So the over on Damian Pierce carries, which you might have taken, but the under on Colin Castleton steals, I guess, in this same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out pricefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Pricefix is daily fantasy made easy. Looking at this Florida versus Florida State review, and my God, has a win felt better in, I mean, not just this year, but even last year? Has there been a win where it just feels damn good? The Florida Gators beat the Florida State Seminoles 24-21. to The game was farther away than it really seemed. Of course, Florida State scored a very late touchdown and then had the whiff at Hillgriff. Um it was it was pretty bad, of course. That was just 
Yikes, that was pretty ugly. But Florida is now bowl eligible. To this point, they have not accepted a bowl bid. We've only seen, I think, three teams accept bowl bids in general. I believe it was Toledo, Middle Tennessee, and I forgot the third school, but Toledo plays Middle Tennessee, so that's why I remember that. But like you saw maybe in my Locked On Now on Saturday afternoon, um, bye-bye, Florida State. No bowl game. You go home. Maybe be better next time. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you could say, hey, whatever. They started 0-4 and then had a great run. Like, good, good for you. Consolation prize. Proud of you. But you lost when it mattered most. So I And I hate you. So you suck. And I don't know about you guys, but I was – I realized that sounded like an ad read. It's not. I promise you. Uh, but I was fully confident in Florida, even with the interceptions. Uh, or at least let – me, let me correct myself. I was fully confident in Florida for – the first three and a half quarters of the game, even with the interceptions, because I was just like, Hey, Florida state's not doing much offensively and defensively. They're not doing much until Florida throws a bad pick. So I, I, I don't know why, but I mean, usually I'd be like, Oh God, we're throwing picks. It's going to be a loss. It's going to be ugly. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really feel that way. <laughs> watching uh, Florida versus Florida state, Anthony Richardson, came into play in the second half after getting banged up in the first half. And also, I know a lot of people were clamoring for Anthony Richardson in the first half. He came in for one play on the third play of the game, came up limping and hobbled, didn't play until the second half, and it came out after the game that AR wasn't necessarily cleared to play until halftime, or Coach Knox didn't know until halftime that Anthony Richardson was cleared to play. So, that's why Anthony Richardson stayed out so long if he was, I mean, if Coach Knox knew earlier that Anthony Richardson was able to play, I'd imagine that Emory Jones would have gotten the hook earlier. The defense was great for the most part, save for the last few Florida State drives where it kind of fell apart a little bit, but they were killing Florida State's offensive line for the most part of the game. And I don't, I don't blame the defense because even – even when they were playing poorly, you could tell it was just primarily because they were so gassed because they were on the field a lot against Florida State, especially when you look at the quick picks or, or I mean, those were the only turnovers, but, but when you look at the picks, it, it, it was bad. And that's, I mean, obviously picks are always bad, but it kept putting the defense on the field and that really hurt the defense later in the game. But I mean, it, it kind of worked out for the most part. I mean, Brenton Cox Jr. was the, oh my, he was the epitome of Brenton Cox Jr. giveth and Brenton Cox Jr. taketh away because he would have, he had four sacks. So he would have a sack and then the next play, he'd go off sides. And then the next play after that, he would just completely give up on a pursuit angle. So he was, I, I want to say without being too dramatic, um, I almost had an aneurysm watching Brenton Cox Jr. play. It was, again, it was something where he made great plays and then it, it was just horrible, horrible plays. The game was chippy throughout. And I don't even want to say chippy because I feel like chippy is just like Florida, Georgia, like getting in your face and, and, you know, getting a little physical, little, little extra physical, but my word, Florida and Florida state before the game, 
I mean, I wanted to see some punches thrown, but Florida and Florida State, Florida was chomping at Florida State. Florida State was chopping at Florida, which is just a stupid thing that I, I hate you so much. Um, but it, it was chippy throughout to the point where someone on Florida State, Cooper, literally threw a punch at Justin Shorter, the wide receiver for the Florida Gators, of course, uh, threw a punch like right, right in the side of the head, which, by the way, I want to ask a very simple question that if you've ever played football, I would appreciate an answer in the comments or review or hit me up on Twitter, whatever it is. If you've ever played football, I want an answer to the question. Why is it still that it's 2021 and football players still punch other football players in the face while wearing a helmet. What are you hoping to accomplish? Because at that point, you're much more likely to cut your hand and injure your hand than you are to actually hit someone in the face. So I, I, I want to know what, what he's hoping or what any Florida State player or any player that punches in the face while wearing a helmet is hoping to accomplish. And I also want to know how the hell he didn't get ejected from that. Like, you, I've seen targeting as an ejection, but intentionally punching someone in the face isn't it makes no sense also damian pierce 12 carries 62 yards a touchdown and mm, i want to say the, mm, i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it. the most badass run that i've ever seen by his helmet falling off him continuing to run and then diving into the end zone without a helmet into two defenders that are trying to hit him it was insane. It was the first time this season that Damian Pierce hit double-digit carries, which, I mean, Dan Mullen, you belong in prison for that. Uh, I just want to say that. Holding someone hostage is, in fact, a felony, and you did that this entire season. Damian Pierce, monster game, monster second half, really huge game. Kimori Gamble also had a huge game, three catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Huge game, playing in front of his mom for the first time. She was in the hospital for two months in ICU for 37 days. And Kimura Gamble, huge game. He snatched ankles a couple of times on Saturday. It was it was pretty hilarious, pretty great play. Uh, loved to see it happen. And that, it was just, it was an awesome day, awesome Saturday, awesome win, awesome atmosphere. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium was pumping the swamp was live the defense was crazy and florida state you still suck just saying this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes and that sucks for you is that how you're running your business poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software like a loser? What are you, a seminal? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 20,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, we are offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of the year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever it is, this is the best day you're going to get. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Have y'all tried Bill Moore Props yet?
Because, I mean, I know the other day I tried the lemon cheesecake one, which sounds gross, but is pretty damn good. And yesterday I tried the ruby chocolate one. I have been told ruby chocolate dipped in Guinness is pretty good. Haven't tried it yet, but I'm not saying that I won't. I'm just going to let you know that one. Built Bar, best protein bar on the market. The blueberry muffin one slaps too. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I do, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and obviously most important, high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, one five to get 15% off of your next order at builtbar.com. Now we are wrapping up today's show by looking at defensive coordinator candidates that, I mean, two of them have been rumored to be speaking with Billy Napier about becoming the defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. The third one is a name that, I mean, hasn't been, it's a hat that hasn't been thrown in the ring yet, you know, name that hasn't been put into the goblet of fire yet, but it's a name that I want to keep a little bit of attention on because I do think it's a possibility because Billy Napier and this guy have worked together. And I'm going to start with that name is Ron Roberts, the Baylor defensive coordinator. It's the name that hasn't been connected to Florida yet, but I, I wouldn't put it past them because I mean, Ron Roberts was the defensive coordinator for two seasons under Billy Napier at Louisiana. And then Ron Roberts got the job from Baylor as a defensive coordinator there and it makes a lot of sense. I think the biggest issue with taking Ron Roberts from Baylor is that Ron Roberts and uh, Dave Aranda, the Baylor head coach, have a fantastic relationship with Ron Roberts is a mentor to Dave Aranda, and Ron Roberts had Dave Aranda on his defensive staff when Ron Roberts was a head coach, and then now that Dave Aranda is a head coach at a Power 5, pro- at a Power five school, Ron Roberts is on Dave Aranda's staff as a defensive coordinator slash linebacker coach. So, Ron Roberts is a linebackers-focused guy. That's that's fine. I mean, our current defensive coordinator is a linebackers-focused guy. But a 3-3-5 style is another reason that I don't think we see Ron Roberts come in. But again, I won't say that it won't happen because, I mean, Baylor's run defense has been pretty damn good running this same system. So 3-3-5, zone-heavy defense. And, I mean, that's... I mean, switching the front up isn't something that's impossible. Baylor runs a 3-3-5 with heavy defensive linemen, and they make these great plays, and they still have great run defense and good run fits And because the linebackers are well-disciplined and aggressive, and they know how to attack the ball and attack the ball carrier. So Ron Roberts is a name that I wanted to throw in the ring, but two names that are much more frequently uh, connected to the Florida defensive coordinator job at this point, Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who, whew, monster year, and Houston defensive coordinator Doug Belk. And I like them both a lot. All three of these names I like and I want to talk about. Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles runs, or I mean, and Doug Belk, they both run four two five systems primarily, which of course means four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, which is pretty much what Florida runs already. And so when you look at this, it's like, okay, well, four down linemen is the typical style of the SEC in general, not just Florida. That's how the SEC works a lot because, I mean, it it helps you when you're going against these offenses, their styles and their personnel. Four, two, five is usually the way to go, but I don't want to rule out the three, three, five that Ron Roberts would likely bring because I still think that Florida has the personnel to make that switch 
pretty solidly. But 425, that Oklahoma State runs with Jim Knowles. Uh, Jim Knowles specifically likes to put his defensive uh, backs, I mean, primarily his corners, he likes to put them in man-to-man defense, which would have been phenomenal. Imagine watching this year's defense with Kyrie Elam, Jason Marshall Jr., Avery Helm, and Trevez Johnson, or rotating Avery Helm, Jason Marshall, whatever. Imagine seeing them in man coverage with safety help over the top consistently. It would have been insane to try to pass against us. It would it, Honestly, it would have been remarkable if you could have a good passing game against that secondary. But we didn't see enough of that. We saw a zone-heavy scheme. But Jim Knowles, he likes to run man. And, I mean, given the recruits coming in and the current personnel that we have on this team, I think that the defense would work seamlessly. I think the biggest issue, honestly, would probably be trying to find the safeties that can run the system. I think linebackers, no matter who comes back and who's le- who leaves, I think we've got enough people there. But I mean, safety is the biggest question mark because you have Rashad Torrance and Donovan McMillan, but then who would be your other guy? I mean, because I mean, we've got Chris Collier, we got Dewan Black could take the role. So there's a few guys where that third safety role. I mean, honestly, I'd like to see Dewan Black there one because he should be playing, but two, he could be that versatile safety that rogue that essentially goes rover in this Oklahoma State scheme. So. That could be a thing that we see here. He likes, again, Jim Knowles likes man defense, but he still does play zone. That's not a brand new thing to him. And he's been working against these offenses like Oklahoma, which has been just remarkable. And Oklahoma State played a damn good game against them on Saturday night. If you watch the game, you see the defense, and it's like, wow, Florida could run this defense pretty damn well. And then the other name is Houston defensive coordinator Doug Belk, who I already mentioned his name. He's also 425. His biggest thing on defense is playing fast, playing physical, playing smart, and heavily rotating. And he said at Houston, he's like, hey, depth has killed us at times. Florida, you can pack on a lot of depth. And one thing that I really like about Doug Belk and why I would, I I don't want to say I prefer one over the other, because I think that Jim Knowles is better personnel, like personnel to scheme fit right now. But Doug Belk is supposed to be this, fantastic recruiter and adding Billy Napier, Doug Belk, and then all the other recruitment that Billy Napier is going to want to add. This team could be legitimately fighting for a playoff spot in two years. If that, if if it even takes that long, because again, offensively, we know this team is going to be a a damn good running team. And I mean, with Anthony Richardson, they're going to take deep shots too. So it's it's going to be interesting, um, whether it's Knowles, Belk, or Roberts. I, I I don't mind either one. I like them both. I like them all three of them a lot. I think that Knowles and Belk are significantly more likely to happen, but I think Ron Roberts is a bit of a dark horse name to at least keep an eye on. I think it would be a little bit difficult to pry him from Baylor and Dave Aranda, just given the personal connection they have. But Ron Roberts and Billy Napier do also have a personal connection themselves from coaching together at Louisiana for two years. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out tomorrow because I will be joined by Trevor Sikema of Pro Football Focus to talk about these Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work 
with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.